This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO, or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the only two-time PWG Battle of Los Angeles champion, King Ricochet, and you are listening to Busted Wide Open Podcast. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode 125. Hot-shotting my way through this show like Vince McMahon because I haven't looked at the note yet. I'm Nick Howell. And coming to you from literally parts unknown, Nick may be hot-shotting. I'm just flying by the seat of my pants. Uh, if you hear any background noise, I do apologize because this is I'm not coming to you from the danger cave today. I'm coming to you from a hotel room. So I am Surrey and Dangerous. <laughs> And welcome to the show. We are talking about Fastlane today. That happened last night on the WWE Network, which you probably got for $9.99. And we watched it. And Nick, we had to talk about if it was worth all $9.99 to watch this pay-per-view. Hey, first things first, though, before we get into the recap, a big thing happened yesterday, and we need to address that for about 60 seconds here. We hit 20 patrons. What? Much to my dismay, we have officially surpassed at the hit and surpassed twenty patrons before oh WrestleMania. My, you know what this means. You, you know, know what, what this means. means. This is this oh. is a big deal, guys. Uh, we are going to have to find prior to WrestleMania, and I just want to take a second to set the ground rules out here that we had talked about established previously. And these can, this is not to say they can never change. But we're going to build something in the backdrop of my camera so that you guys can see it. And I will live stream the putting up of the Naya Shrine on Patreon for all of the patrons. But we need to establish what the first piece, the centerpiece of this shrine is going to be in. And I know uh, that you had had some thoughts about uh, thoughts? what you were going to, uh, to make this. So we, let's establish what is that centerpiece going to be. I, I have to decide if it's going to be uh, the picture of Naya in a swimsuit or if it's just going to be a just like a, a generic giant Naya like like one of her like cardboard like cardboard stand-ups, like a big head or whatever you call them yeah like the two uh, D thing yeah you, the big yeah, head you like put a on the standard wall, yeah. yeah like a standard Naya Jacks picture nothing too fancy and then we can get we can get creative around that oh, I don't know man I just this is this is news to me so I'm I'm already excited I have to I have to think about this. I have to process this information, but first what I have to do is say thank you. Thank you, thank you to all thank of our you. patrons who have joined up with us and all the patrons who are going to join up with us for helping out this show and, uh, and helping us continue to produce this show. And uh, guys, it means so much to us. 
and we very, very much appreciate it. And if you're not a patron yet, we are trying to make uh, the patron the, the the tiers worth your while with uh, show notes and with the ability to ask questions on our show and getting swag and getting bonus episodes. So please go and sign up. We have uh, we have another tier we're trying to get to. We're trying to get to 50 as well because then Nick has to change his ringtone to Nia Jax coughing. And this is going to get better and better and better. So guys, thank you very, very much again for all of your help with this. And we will continue to make this as good of a program as possible for you. Yes, thank you very much, guys. As always, come over and join us in the Facebook discussion group. Uh, just look for Busted Wide Open on Facebook. You'll find us there. That is where you can get into the live chats. Thanks to everybody that joined us last night for Fastlane. That's why we're here to talk today, and all of your chat last night made it that much livelier. So thank you very much for joining us. Except Sorry for you, I missed it, guys. Except for you, Ian. Uh, yeah, you can also I find know. us on Twitter at BWO Podcast, YouTube at YouTube.com slash C slash Busted Wide Open. And last but certainly not least, as Ian mentioned, Patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those awesome reward tiers and get access to all of the sweet perks. The sweet swag. Sweet swag. But you know what, man? Uh, this is all great and everything. I'm, I'm super excited. So I late last night, I finally got to watch Fastlane. I, I apologize for not being there during the actual event. It's been a crazy time up here. But I finally got to watch it. And I have to say, I was ready to pass out when I started it. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. I couldn't fall asleep. I actually, I have to admit, the show kept me engaged largely because it was absolutely insane. There were so many swerves, so many turns, so many things they were throwing at us out of nowhere. New matches, change-ups to existing matches. It was insanity. So, Nick, let's not waste any more time. Let's go talk about Fastlane. Well, we kick things off in the pre-show with a match between Rey Mysterio and... No, wait! Oh, shit! They changed... That's the first thing they changed. Yep. All of a sudden, well, now we have a tag team match between the New Day, who I thought were in Mumbai, by the way. <laughs> Apparently, talk about hot-shotting. Hot-shotting their way back to the United States. Uh, you know, back it is to possible to fly back in that amount of time, Nick. I'm, I'm just saying. I don't but know. Yeah, I've th- done that flight a couple of times. It, it's a, You lose a couple of days. That's why jet lag exists. I'm on the middle of the interstate driving for hours and hours, and I keep getting texts from you. Hey, this got changed. This got changed. All of a sudden, I get a text from you. Hey, it's not, it's not Rey, uh, Rey Mysterio versus Andrade on the pre-show anymore. Now it's Nakamura and Rusev versus the New Day. And I think my first response was, why (laughs) exactly (laughs) what was why huh so when i finally got to watch the show and i saw the the explanate the quote-unquote explanation for it uh there was no explanation it just kind of happened it was there uh i know even xavier woods uh had mentioned on twitter he he found out the same time the rest of us did and he said what are the stakes are we fighting for a title shot what's the per even he kind of poked fun at the fact that it just seemed kind of thrown together it's like hey let's have these two guys do it and all right now that being said even though the match had no story to it no build no nothing it actually ended up being a pretty great match it started you know they started off with a lot of rest holds so they could you know do some picture in picture and talk about some other stuff and cut to interviews and whatnot which was bizarre but then at the end you had a ton of near falls the end of the match was actually really exciting yeah, cutaways to uh, Coach, Beth, and Otunga. I mean, riveting panel. <laughs> well, at least, okay, Christian was there. They had Christian on the pre-show panel, and I'm not going to lie. I marked out a little bit. Yeah, me too. Me too. Like, Come on, man. Captain Charisma. Hey, why, <laughs> why these guys 
again, and not some of the, God, I don't want to say it, but more jobby tag teams that need some some visibility. Well, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't go so far to say jobby tag teams. I would actually just say, why don't you have some of the other guys who you have under contract who you're not using? in this position and you've got two singles wrestlers who you're not really using properly in Nakamura and Rusev. Like it's, it's, it's a whole line of misuse where you've got guys who are, are of a significant level of, of usefulness in, as singles wrestlers in Nakamura and Rusev. And you have tag teams that are, that are talented as well, but you're not using them. And so it's like everyone gets shuffled down a step. Yeah, Sanity, Gallows and Anderson. I mean, yeah, you can rattle them off. Yeah, where's Sanity? Gallows and Anderson are actually being rumored right now to be leaving the company because Good. they're not getting used. I'm actually kind of glad for that. Of, of anybody that's leaving the company, it's the first one that I'm going, hell yeah. Yeah, and the thing with them is, is that I thought they were just super happy just picking up a paycheck because they were in Japan for so long, so now they get to hang out with their families. So that's what I thought the deal was with them. Turns out maybe that's not true, and they actually do want to go out and you know actually wrestle. Yeah. So uh, that may be the case, <laughs> but the the bottom line is here: you've got other tag teams. Why Nakamura and Rusev? Is it because as singles wrestlers they have enough cachet that you you value them more than your as you said kind of maybe lower tier tag teams? Yeah. Either either way, they did end up putting on a good match here, but I don't know what this is building to. I don't know what the point is. Uh, they did come out and attack the New Day later. We'll talk about that. So maybe there's something being built there. But same time, it's, it came out of nowhere. Yeah. I, I think what you just said is, has some significance and maybe will lead to something else. But to what exactly, I have, I have no idea. Um, yeah. Also on the pre-show, um, we got a little bit of Iconics, which was brilliant, by the way. I swear they, those, they should have put the first women's tag titles on those two women. And that was, I'm gonna, I'll stand up and say it was a mistake for, to put it on Sasha Bailey till the cows come home. But, That's fine, but I, but at the same time, it makes sense why they put it on Sasha and Bailey first. And I be, I truly believe in my heart, the Iconics can, should, and will get those tag belts at some point. Hey, we actually heard EC3 say a word. He actually had, I think, three or four sentences, and they weren't. They didn't make much sense. Mandy was being interviewed backstage about her match with Asuka. Sonya Deville was also there. They both had kind of garbled promos. And then EC3 shows up and kind of, I guess, hits on Mandy in a somewhat verbose way. They make fun of the fact that he hasn't spoken yet, which I thought was a nice little self-affirming wink. But then they just kind of brushed him off, and he left, and that was that. Bye, so EC3, an- into uh, oblivion. <laughs> bit of an underwhelming first time talking at least he did sound good when he was talking the guy can talk yeah so it's it's crazy that they haven't done that more also there was a a point when aj was on the panel the uh at the as you said somewhat underwhelmingly staffed panel pre-show panel and he's just obsessed with kofi how he thinks kofi should be getting a title shot so it's it is interesting to me that they are putting those words in aj's mouth because he is kind of the head face on smackdown so uh, you do have the juxtaposition of the McMahons trying to screw over Kofi and AJ saying, no, 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 he deserves it. So interesting storytelling there. Is it reading too much into it to think that that might come into play down the road uh, post Kofi at Mania? I wonder where it's going to come into play because there's AJ's got his own thing going on. But we'll, I want to talk about that when we kind of get more of the okay. show under our belts. Let's explain what happened at the show for people who didn't watch the show. And then we'll come back and we'll discuss that because there is more to talk about about all of that because they were throwing a lot of plot at us in this pay-per-view. When especially when it happened when it came to Kofi. We had Kofi at the in the in the pre-show 
he and Kevin Owens settled their beef. KO said, look, I'm sorry I took your spot here, but they gave me opportunity and I had to provide for my family. Kofi squashed it, said, it's all good, dude. I get it. Go out there and have your best match. They shook hands. It was a great moment. Uh, and then Kofi got called into Mr. McMahon's office or to call, told to go to Mr. McMahon's office and, uh, and talk to him about the, the title picture. Mm. We later, well, we later find out that Kofi had been waiting outside there for an hour after the New Day and Nakamura ma- a New Day Nakamura Rusev match. They find Kofi still waiting outside. He says, "I've been knocking, but no one's answering." So they barge in, realize that Mr. McMahon's been on the phone, hasn't heard Kofi knocking. He's been sitting there uh, waiting on him for an hour. He's like, "Where's this? Where's this guy? I've been waiting for him for an hour." Uh, and he he gives him a match. He says, "Yeah, you know what? Fine. You want to be in the title picture? It's now a triple threat. There you go. Your match is right now. Go on." And Kofi goes out to the ring. So we'll talk about what happened to Kofi later. Uh, but he had a whole bunch of different like levels of things that happened to him on this show. Uh, and it, it, the fact that AJ is, is talking about it as well, to me, in a lot of ways, says that they are thinking about Kofi more than just being this you know, kind of pariah figure. Like there's, 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 There is a goal. There's an end goal here. At least I hope so. They might just be <laughs> treading water for right now to figure, until they figure it out. That's my impression, at least, and that's, that's the safe thing to do rather than just let Vince off the leash and just, I'll do whatever I want, which is kind of how it happens normally anyway. But I, uh, I like that they're pacing I, this a little bit. I like that they're I, taking their yeah. time. I, I, there are certain things that make me think that there is a structured plan to this. I, as we said before on this show, they're, like they got surprised by this Kofi thing. They had, a, they had their plan made for WrestleMania as far as the WWE title went. Kevin Owens was going to come back. He was going to challenge Daniel Bryan. Their characters were built to contrast with each other and, and work well together. And now this whole uh, the Kofi thing came out of nowhere, organically happened, and now they're... They're holding a, a flush, and they've got to play it somehow, and they're trying to figure out how to do it while still honoring the plans they already had. Yeah. So this is one of those situations where I, I feel like they were dealt a really good hand accidentally, and they're trying to figure out how to use it properly, but they're doing a good job so far of using it properly. There's definitely hands they've been dealt that they've bungled, and I've, you know I, every time Rusev comes out, to the and he still has Happy Rusev Day, even though he's a heel... I, th- I think of like all the ways they bungled Rusev Day, so it's not like you know they haven't had good hands before and screwed them right. up. <laughs> so at any Poor rate, Aiden. oh man, well hey, at least he has a commentating job. Yeah, so he's, he's still making that money. Yeah, but uh, you know what, Nick, we got a lot to talk about as far as like there's so much convoluted stuff to talk about. Let's just stop talking about the pre-show. We pretty much covered all of that. Let's go over and talk about the main show. We'll strap in, folks, grab a drink, because uh, you're going to need it. Uh, this this show was all over the place, kind of in a really good way, but there were certainly some, some dark spots in it that we're going to break everything down here. We kicked things off in Miz's hometown of Cleveland, Ohio, with Miz and Shane McMahon coming out to try to get their SmackDown Tag Championships back from the Usos. The greatest tag team in the world. Uh-huh. And they had their jer- and the jerseys made up, you know, the, the fast lane 2019 on the back and everything. Browns colors. They they went all yep. out for this for, to be in Miz, Cleveland. Miz oh is my, over as hell in Cleveland. Holy, have you ever, ever heard Miz get that kind of face response? I mean, obviously he's never really been a face, but have you 
ever heard that kind of pop for Miz. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is the more hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? I had called the split uh, or the turn, I should say, that we're going to talk about here imminently back at Elimination Chamber, and when I saw. Uh, at the end of last week, that Fastlane, w- I finally looked and saw Fastlane was going to be in Cleveland, Ohio. I went, ah. Uh, yeah, they had his, they had Mrs. Dad if in you, the front row. If you want to milk a heel turn, oh. do it in the face's hometown. Yep. So Holy let's, 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 smokes, that was nuclear. Let's clarify what you're talking about. Yes. You and I have been saying for months and months and months, here is how the Miz and Shane storyline is going to go. They're gonna, Miz is going to get together with Shane. Shane's going to turn him face. Ultimately, Shane's going to turn on Miz, and we're going to have Miz versus Shane at WrestleMania. Nick, they have been following our playbook play-by-play, play, note for note, and sure enough, after a fantastic match, it was great. by the way, it was, fantastic. it was a really great opening match. The crowd was super hot for everybody. There were some, uh, some great spots, but there was one spot in particular that was insane, which was a, I've never seen this before, a dueling coast-to-coast. Coast. Shane and, I forget if it was Jay or Jimmy, I, I apologize, got up and they coast to coasted at each other, and Shane turned his into a drop kick on Uso, and it was like a car crash. Hang it on, I want to, I want to, I want to catch you on something, and, and maybe we need to go back and watch it again. The Uso was going for the frog splash on Miz, who was laid out on the mat, and Shane coast to coasted him out of midair in like mid frog splash when he was going for Miz. He All like I deflected is- him. It was insane. That's absurd. Was, I've never seen that before. I have never seen. Yeah, that was absolute madness. Perfectly timed, by the way. Uh, and then in addition, Miz was high flying. He was coming off the top rope. He did a he did a uh, cross body to the outside from the top turnbuckle. Miz was flying around. He, he went for the Leo Rush style, like full split frog splash. It, he one. had a nuts. really good frog splash. Uh, granted, he got caught with the knees coming down, but his frog splash looked really good. More of that, please, Miz. My God. I mean, so here's the, here's the question. As, as we were just saying, though, ultimately, there was a miscommunication, a malfunction at the junction. Mrs. Dad, who's in the audience, Mrs. looking for his approval. He went to the top turnbuckle again, tried to go high flying, did that frog splash we just mentioned. But Uso got the knees up, rolled it over, and pinned Miz. Miz and Shane lose. And after the match, Shane acts like it's okay, says, hey, let's go talk to your dad. But as they're walking away from the pops, Shane comes up behind Miz and lays him out. And then just lay him out. He puts him in a triangle choke and is staring at the dad going, watch your son fade away. Watch him go to sleep. This is your son. He sucks. And then he goes and puts his hands on Mrs. Dad and like grabs him by the face and yells at him. Shane went hard heel. And as you said, Nick, it was the perfect place, the perfect time. He's in Mrs. Hometown in front of Mrs. Dad. That crowd ate it up. And I want to add to that and say there were there were moments where I were I was sitting there chewing fingernails going. Cleveland's going to yeah. come after him. Like they're going to jump yeah. rails and beat the shit out of Shane cuz it's still real to them. It's it's <laughs> there was moments I was biting my fingernails because I didn't think Shane was going to turn. Like they looked too happy together at the yeah. end of this match. I'm like, were we wrong? No, we can't we can't be wrong. We 
Okay, there he goes. Okay, yeah. thank okay. God. Okay. okay. Are they really uh, not going right. to do this? Are we going to see Usos and McMiz <laughs> again at... Uh, at re- nope. Okay, good. Okay, everything's fine. Every- okay, right. so, Nick, I got to ask you, because initially you were not too hot on this whole storyline. You thought you were a little bored by it. How are you feeling about it now after this match, which a fantastic match, a really well-done, well-executed heel turn, that was genuinely chilling. How did how did you feel? How do you feel about this whole storyline now? Um, I think it's too early to tell. To be honest with you, twenty four hours removed from it, I'm still kind of digesting all of this stuff. We're gonna craziness that we're gonna talk about today. I want to see what happens on Tuesday, and I want to see what kind of does Miz come out and challenge him for you know the honor of his father. You know how face can we take yeah. Miz? Like yeah, just I, how because he's already reached a face place. A place of face, a facey place that I didn't think he could get to. And I want to know how much of that is Cleveland and how much of that is Miz. Amen. I actually, that's something I wrote in the note was how, how face is he really? Is this just, you know, hometown love or is, is everyone else on this train now too? You could dress um, up a kangaroo in Brown's colors and Cleveland's going to use their, sh- lose their shit over it. Yeah, so, it'll probably it'll probably win about as many football games as the Browns will too. No! But uh, here's the thing: is that I don't like the dad angle. Take the dad out of it. We're done with the dad. It's got to be I mean? over like, at this point. I I'm done with it. Like yeah. I miss is a miss getting the approval from the dad. It's a little bit too much for me. Um, it's too many moving parts right now for me. This is the cleanest build we have for any of the WrestleMania feuds. Yeah. This is just one foot in front of the other, and at one point that was boring to you because you felt like it was it was too obvious. But to me, like sometimes obvious stories are the cleanest, and they they're the most effective. So far, this has been a very clean, well told story. I agree, and I like where it's going. I like how it's um, how it's transpired. I think that I think the, it was a perfect execution of the turn uh, last night uh, during oh, the pay per view. Perfect. Perfectly even, done. Even, no more, no less. I, I don't mind that he put hands on the dad. I don't mind that the no, dad love that. came over the rail to console yeah. his beaten down son. Perfectly yep. done. I agree with you. Leave it at that. I don't need to That's see it. dad interaction uh, on, the, on the rail anymore. Yep, we're done. We're done with the dad. And I liked Shane later in the in the pay-per-view. They tried to interview him backstage, and he comes out of the room, and Kayla asks him, why? What, what, what was the point behind that? Why'd you do that? And he just looks at her and smirks and walks back into the room. Great. Heal Shane. Yep. It's done. It Why, is, Shane? It is Why? done. <laughs> uh, so, again, we both called this. We've been calling this for a while. Um, I didn't. I don't think we mentioned the pickums for the Nakamura Rusa versus New Day. You texted me that on the road. And you were like, who you got? And I was like, uh, uh, Nakamura Rusev? They need a win? And I didn't really think about it, but I was wrong. You were right. New Day picked up that win. We both picked, uh, we both picked Miz and Shane to lose here. We were right about that. Uh, and we were also both right about the next match, which was Mandy versus Oscar uh, for the SmackDown Live Women's that. Title. Uh, I need to come clean about something, and the, everybody Andy. in the chat uh, will back Andy. me up on this. I I, uh, I took a flyer. I took an additional flyer because I felt we were too damn safe on our show. Oh last no! Week. What'd you do? What did you do, Nick? I changed my pick to Mandy. Oh! Because oh, no. I want to explain. Let's talk about what went down in the match first, and then I'll explain my thought, my theory crafting oh, around Nick. why. This because is gonna... what happened, I didn't see coming at all. I didn't think that was going to happen last night. All right, so a full disclosure to people listening to this show. I actually texted you later on, hey, just who won the pickums? Don't tell me the score, just who won. And Nick writes back, 
It's complicated. Yes. Now I know why it's complicated. <laughs> no, that plus all of the McMahon <laughs> hotshottery. Oh, oh, God. All right. So, so yes, let's discuss this match. So, uh, first of all, I, I, this is one of those matches that I could have just done without. It was ultimately pointless, and it was a little bit uh, sloppy where you had Sonya outside trying to help Mandy, and a couple times she got involved, and then one time it looked like she was going under the ring, but nothing came of it. And then another time she went under the ring, grabbed a kendo stick, and threw the apron up onto the ring. It looked like Mandy slipped on it, but I, I genuinely couldn't tell if it was a, a, a work slip or a shoot slip. If she was really supposed to slip or not. And she just went down and Asuka took her out. And then Mandy and, and Sonya were fighting the whole way back up the ramp. Yeah. So it was a little bit, it was a little sloppy. I couldn't quite tell what was going on. And I don't really know the ultimate point of the match. We already knew Asuka's a killer. Did we have to have Mandy and like Sonya screw up for Mandy to lose? Like, does that mean that we're going to see Mandy and Asuka again so we can have a definitive answer to who wins this match? Are, are we splitting up Mandy and Sonya? Yes. And that's like, what I didn't see coming. Do you think that they're actually splitting up or do you I, think this is... I, I think they're going to split them up. I, th- we ca- I, I said a long time ago, if they're going to make Mandy a star, they got to get her away from Sonya. And everybody, I think even you were like... And I was like, no, you gotta make, if you're going to make Mandy a star, she needs to be truly singles, come out on her own, have her own matches, all that stuff. I agree, but I don't think it's that time yet to do I that. Did, and I, I, I was didn't actually going to say, <laughs> I think point. I like, I like the, I like the way that Mandy and Sonya are working together, especially on this show, the pre-show, the way that Sonya jumped to Mandy's defense when it came to EC3, uh, the way that like coming out to the ring, like she looks like she's, it's this weird uh, in-between place where you can't quite tell if they're a couple or not. Which plays into the fact that Sonya is in 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 real life actually uh, out as a lesbian, and it's a really nice touch to her character to have her be the enforcer slash possible interest, but never define it. And I like that they don't define it. You know what I mean? And so it's it does it's not very in your face. Yeah. Um. And so you're always kind of wondering, but it's never thrust out at you. And so that dynamic is really cool. So I'm not, I don't know if I'm ready for them to, to, to break them up yet without defining them further, So here, makes sense. It does. It does. And I, I'm, I would mostly agree with you. Like Before this match happened, I would have agreed with everything you just said. I don't think it was a good time to break them up. But I think if you are going to give Mandy a push, you do have to do that ultimately. Here was my, here was my line of thinking before the show and how I got to making that kind of hotshot decision myself. She was all over the trucks. She was on the pre-show. She it came out that uh, she dropped Asuka on her head at a house show Friday night prior oh. to a couple of nights before. Even though Asuka came out on Twitter and said, "No, Asuka, fine," in in her bad English, whatever. So Asuka tweeted that herself. But with that said, I, I just I started putting all that together, and my Zach Galifianakis calculus started happening, uh, and it, I was just like, you know what would be really cool is to give Asuka the two-time champion brand and to let her have a moment to win it back at WrestleMania after the loss last year to Charlotte Flair. They're going to put this friggin' belt on Mandy tonight, and that's how I got there. 
and I could not talk myself out of it. And it, it was such a strong gut feeling that I just I made the call. And I n- never in a million years would have guessed that this was the night that they were going to possibly begin starting or executing on this breakup angle or animosity angle that they've now got to deal with between Mandy Rose and, so- and, and Sonya Deville going into WrestleMania. So I don't know. That would it would have been much more exciting for me to have a legit match where Mandy gets one over. Sony's looking for some kind of implement or something to uh, get one over on Oscar so that Mandy can get the win. That's much more traditional and exciting to me for a heel to to do that. And then Oscar wins it back at Mania. That's the way I would have booked it. But I that's, let's see the what they're going to do I, Tuesday. I guess that's bouncing the title back and forth too much for me for my for what I would like. And also, a world where Mandy Rose beats Asuka clean is not a world I want to live in. Uh, that being said, it sounds like you worked yourself, sir. I did. Uh, I did. We, and you know who else got worked was Kofi. Because as we mentioned, he had gone in and Mr. McMahon had given him a match. He said it was going to be a triple threat for the WWE Championship. And that came up right here, which I immediately jumped up and went, You can't have the WWE Championship match third on the pay-per-view card. What are you doing? No, no, no. No, 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 no. They changed it. Last second, Kofi's in the ring waiting for Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens to come out. And who should come out instead but the bar in a handicap match. And they proceeded to kick seven sorts of crap out of him for about 10 minutes. So the chance by the, the crowd booing the crap out of it, chanting, this is boring, getting all mad at it. Uh, ultimately, the New Day come out, try, come out, try to save him. They get beaten down by Nakamura and Rusev. The bar, uh, they keep like teasing, pinning Kofi. They just beat the crap out of him, basically. Yeah. Uh, Two the, things the, the Oscar winner for me for this match was the ring announcer, Justin, and the, the timekeeper <laughs> yeah. uh, and the refs reacting to, like, right now? You're changing it news. right now? To the news yeah, of this. News like, that, you need to re-announce this a different way. and uh, yeah. Just brilliantly done. I thought that was executed yeah. really well. So here's the thing. Was this, um, do you feel like, the like a, a couple things. Do you feel that it was warranted that the crowd chanted, this is boring? Yes, because it feel was. Like, well, the, here's the thing: is that was that kind of the point to piss it, off the crowd? It was totally the point, and, and when it comes, because at this point it's all but inevitable. At least it feels that way that it, he's at least going to get a title shot, if not actually put the strap on him. Do you feel I, this confirms that they have big plans for him? The, like it, that the it, fact that they they're doing all this, like this whole thing with like pissing off the crowd and making such a big deal out of his storyline with AJ and everything. Does this confirm that they're they're you know? They're playing like they're screwing over. They're making such a big deal about him because they're in on this Kofi Mania thing. I, I hope they are. And I, I want, in, in my heart of hearts, I believe that, yes, that is the case. Um, but I'm not putting it past them to do that and go, nope, take it away. Um, huh. So I actually thought, oh, man, okay. The only thing I was okay with here was that he's going to take the ass whooping and somehow Daniel Bryan his way into making the uh, triple threat match later that was already announced into a fatal four way, you know, Vince comes out and goes, we're going to turn this triple threat into a th- fatal four way. Go vacation. And yeah, I, I'm curious I, what the end result is with Vince McMahon's involvement. in this. that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. but I think you're, you, you hit on something there. The Daniel Bryan thing. This to me feels a little bit like a Daniel Bryan, 2014 playbook, like yes. build the build to WrestleMania 30. I think that was 14, 14. Um, yep. Yeah. So this feels, this feels a little bit like that build where, there, the management is very casually kind of dismissing Kofi. It's a little more blatant here than it was then, where they, you know, were genuinely trying to dismiss him. Uh, but this to me feels 
kind of like they're trying to recreate that playbook yeah. of the management just not caring about Kofi and continually to try, continuing to try to just shove him aside, and he just keeps forcing his way back in. So, and guess yeah. what? It's working, guys. It, Seriously, listen to the cause, crowds. Because Kofi is really good at playing that Daniel Bryan kind of underdog babyface. So, yep. yeah, good stuff. Especially in matches with <gasps> Daniel Bryan. Yeah, and also kudos to the bar here for looking like a modern AWA, just like yes. mercenary <laughs> like beasts. Mercenary beasts coming out just to kill someone. Damn! Um, speaking of beasts, we got to talk about the three-way tag team match from Monday Night Raw. Ricochet and Aleister Black versus Chad Gable and Bobby Roode versus The Revival for the Raw tag team titles. I have to say, I slept on this match. I didn't fall asleep during this match because it was really exciting. I slept on how exciting it was going to be. Nick, right off the bat, do you feel that the inclusion, I know you're down on having Aleister Black and Ricochet as a tag team on the main roster, but do you feel like their inclusion here has improved the tag division as a whole and improved this match? Oh God, you're going meta on me with that one. Um, I just, uh, yes, it improved the match. Yes, it improves the frankly non-existent division in the first place. I mean, anything's going to be an improvement over you know where it's come from, right? The B team eight months ago were the champs. So here's what I want to say about it. Can we please get some Ricochet and Chad Gable singles action? Holy By crap. God. <laughs> or Alistair Black, dude. No, I'm actually, I, I'm going to walk that all back. Everyone in this match looked fantastic. Bobby Roode looked fantastic, and he's the old man in this. Yeah. Like, everybody in this match was on their A game. The revival brought out the revival of old, just quick, snappy. They were, they were all over the place. They were right where they needed to be all the time. Everyone in this match looked fantastic, and even the finish, which was insane, uh, Ricochet did his his corner spot where he goes and jumps over the turnbuckle to the outside and splashes. I think it was Dawson uh, or his dash. No, it was Rude, I believe, that was out there, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know. All I, don't I know, know is that Chad Chad Gable tagged him as he went over his head. And I love the look like, on his face like he couldn't believe that he, he actually believe- pulled it off. Yeah. <laughs> that was the best part of the whole it was match. Like he was trying to swat him like a fly. It was like, yeah, it's oh, just, I guess no, I tagged just myself. Slap in. him away. <laughs> It was crazy. It was a great match. It felt like an NXT match because it was so fast-paced. The work rate was so high, and the end was so chaotic. And ultimately, at the end of the match, um, the Revival did overcome Chad Gable, get the Shatter Machine, and then escaped with the victory. What what I liked also is that they kept uh, they kept Ricochet and Black looking good because they ended up standing tall. They fended off everybody and stood tall even after that. Everyone came out of this looking good. Gable and Rude came out looking like contenders. Revival looked like they could, you know, win a match. And Alistair Black and Ricochet looked like absolute stars, like yeah. superstars. Yep. So this was this was fantastic all around. That was the first time I've seen Ricochet kind of miss on the six thirty, and I kind of cringed a little bit. He, 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 well, he came. Yeah, he was a little bit short, and he kind of came down on the back of his neck. Yeah. Oh um, well, he actually just came full weight down on onto um I believe it was Dash, uh just yeah, boom. but it was like he came down a little bit um a little bit almost over rotated so uh, I'm trying to think it was yeah a little over rotated so it was, he came down on Dash's near side the near side of the turnbuckle yeah. so he kind of rolled himself onto the back of his neck he popped right up like nothing so I guess he's fine <laughs> well, it's Ricochet you know it's Ricochet but he's made I, I, he's I made hope- out of rubber and springs. I just hope that uh, that member of the revival does. The, I can't remember whether it was Dash or, or Dawson, but it doesn't have broken ribs or stuff because he took the full weight 
I believe, uh, that, was, I believe that was Dash. That being said, I think everything's Dash at this point. Yeah. So what do I know? <laughs> all, I, all I know is that this is the one that I worked myself on. You remember in our Pick'ems, uh, I, uh, I said at least one title has to change hands on the show. Whoops. I guess they thought they thought there was enough swerves on the show and heel turns that they didn't need to change a title around. This is the one I picked. I thought it was the most vulnerable. I still back my play. I still think that was good logic, but it didn't happen. This was the flyer I went back and changed at the end of our pickums. I now regret that. I had picked Gable and Rude, but you were correct, Nick. It did indeed stay on the revival here. Where it needed to be. And yeah, wait, but, am I but, up by two points on you at this point? You are uh, you are up by one point on me because you changed your shit to Mandy. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 Only one. It w- it would have been it would have been two had you not second guessed yourself about Mandy. Yeah. Now here, what, wait, wait, is, is that the cart ca- <laughs> the horse call I don't know cart calling the kettle black there? No, I, no, I just changed it at the end of the show. You you took days and days to be like, "Wait, I like Mandy." All right. That, that real is, quick, had nothing to do with it. Real real quick. All right, Corey Graves. Real quick at the at the end of the day, what happens at WrestleMania with the Raw Tag Team titles here? Like it's it's a pretty stacked picture here. It is, and I, I honestly think that they're just going to pl- do the safe bet and have Gable and Rude somehow. If they wanted to be special about it, they could certainly bring up AOP. They could certainly bring one of the other tag teams over. I, I don't know. There, there's a Dude. lot of things that they could do here. I, I'm very happy to see the Revival are going to be defending the championships, unless something changes, are going to be defending that they're going to have their WrestleMania moment. And I'm very, you think very it's just happy a straight, about that. Straight revival versus Black and and uh, and Ricochet at possibly, WrestleMania, possibly just straight up. I, I can I mean, see them redoing this match as a triple threat again. It was a fantastic match. Yeah, well, you know, and speaking of redoing matches, they inserted a match into this show that was a redo of a match from SmackDown Live, which was the Fatal Four Way: Samoa Joe and his new U.S. title versus r Truth versus Rey Mysterio versus Andrade Cien Almas. And you know what? I had to wonder when they had when this match was announced on the show. When you told me that they were doing this match on the show at the last second, uh, taking Ray and Andrade off the pre-show and putting them back in this match on the main show, middle of the middle of the card of the main show. I had to wonder: Did that match on SmackDown impress enough people that they thought this was a worthwhile match to give fifteen minutes of a pay-per-view to? Because yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if they were second-guessing truth. To be honest with you, uh, because I think. Ray and Andrade have have proven over the last few weeks that they can put on some baller ass matches. Man, and if they don't know about Truth by now, yeah, come, come on, on, how long has he been with the company? If they don't know about Truth by now, they're they're never going to know. But every single one of these four guys freaking delivered. This match was this, fantastic. Anybody who complains about this pay per view, I tell them to go back and watch a few of these matches because there was a bunch of really well-worked matches on the show. Whatever you think about storylines, and I will admit some of those are just completely bizarre. There's a lot of hot shotting. But you know what? The actual matches themselves were incredibly well-worked, a lot of them. Uh, and this one, I would say more so than almost anyone except for the, the WWE Championship match. This match was another fantastic one. It was basically their SmackDown match, which was great, only dialed up a notch on caffeine. This was... Uh, Really fantastic, just tons of action, tons of spots, great great work rate, everyone coming in and going out at the perfect time. Uh, very, very excited, very creative, very exciting match. Yep. I'm really hoping that we get some kind of, you know, even if it's with these same guys, we get some kind of stipulation rematch 
uh, you know, uh, at Mania. I, I hope they keep this going. This is what's exciting to me uh, about some of these championships. And it, and it's funny we talk about this. There were hardly any single like Mandy and Oscar was one of, and Becky and Charlotte. Were there any other singles matches on this show? Becky, uh, Charlotte, Mandy, and Oscar. That was it. Yep. Uh, so yeah. for me, someone who's typically down on triple threat and fatal four way championship matches, if they keep delivering stuff like that, I'm going to change my mind. Well, and I'll tell you, when we get to the, the WWE title match, like you're going to have to eat crow again on triple threats because that one was a it was textbook on how to make a triple threat match. We'll yeah. talk about that. This fatal four way, as we said, fantastic match. It was a great decision to bring it onto the show because all these guys looked Great again. Now, even though nothing changed here, Joe retained. He ended up uh, putting. This was weird. They, they, they. I felt to me like they went to the uh, finish of this match very quick. Like they were going, 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 and all of a sudden, guys, g- close out the match. We got to go. We got to go home. And they, because they finished off real quick. Uh, Joe ate a six one nine, but then popped up and grabbed Ray and put him into a coquina, and Ray passed out. Very Joe quickly. Stood, <laughs> Joe stood up very quickly. And Joe stood up and just no-sold the 619, and everyone got out of there. So it felt to me a little bit rushed at the finish, but I, I, whatever, nitpicks, man. Overall, like it, I was totally happy with it. And again, nothing changed. Joe is still your U.S. champ. Here's the, here's the big question here now. Okay, Ray, Andrade, Truth, Joe, and hints of John Cena. What is the plan for WrestleMania? Because there's two things I'm hearing. I'm hearing Wrestling Observer is saying the plan is not John Cena, contrary to what it seems like and what I was saying it, it sounded like. Do, how do, and do they do this match again? Does this all build? Do they somehow make all of these guys escalate more? Is it going to be in a cage? Is it going to have a ladder? You know what I mean? Like I can see a ladder match with these four guys. You want to know my real thought? Yes. R-Truth versus John Cena at WrestleMania. I, Nick, no, I, it would be Samoa Joe. If it anything. They're playing it, it, it up. Would, it would be Samoa Joe. If anything, it's not going to be R-Truth versus John Cena. What next thing you're going to be telling me that Jackson Riker is going to be in this U.S. title match. I wouldn't put it past him. Oh my God. All I'm right. Kidding. So I, I, you, you would ask me this one too. I picked Joe to retain. I took I a correct. flyer on Andrade. You know, I, you, I thought you maybe keep they hoping. would. I keep hoping we're going to get that, that title on Andrade so that Ray and him can have some, crazy you know stipulation matches uh for that title i can't imagine those guys in a last man standing and a two out of three falls and give me all the stipulations with those two guys yeah oh i mean that's why i'm looking forward to a ladder match i I, that's the one i hope for is u.s title ladder match these four guys and uh, you know you have a a match with ray andrade and a ladder and oh by the way our truth and joe you know, because <laughs> the dynamic in this match was fantastic. You had Ray and Andrade flying all over the place. Our truth, you know, going back and forth between creative spots and imitating John Cena, and uh, and doing a little flying of his own. And you had Joe, who was Mister Power, right? So it was no good stuff. Uh, I did pick Joe. You picked Andrade, so I picked up this one. I'm, I closed in on you, man. I tied it back up, baby. We are tied. We are tied, baby. I tied it back up, baby. Uh, Next, we had Sasha and Bailey versus Nia and Tamina for the women's tag titles. Now, I have to admit, I was very harsh about this match on our Pick'em's show. Uh, I said this was not a piss break, but the time that you would actually go take your dog for a walk, go to the bank, do your taxes, pluck your nose hairs, and call your mom. But I have to say, 
This match was better than I gave it credit for. All right. <laughs> I said better than I gave it credit for. Not a fantastic match or a match of the night. It actually was fairly exciting. It was cool to see Bailey be a, a, a hot tag and like a super face, super baby face running around like Hulk Hogan beating the crap out of people at one point. Um, it was, I don't know. It, it didn't suck. I'll put it that way. It did not suck. Yeah. They, they yeah. I, I'm just, I'm going to be nice and I'm going to be quiet. Mom said, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Liar, I, look, liar, I, pants on fire, Nick. You only don't like this match because Naya is in it. Had it been anybody else but Naya, you'd have been like, yeah, it was fine. First of all, just, what, did she have like mad. some lace crochet thing going on? What? I, I, not that I critique what people wear, but I what, was just going to say, are we talking about wearing? Naya's wardrobe now? Yes. I have to say, her shoes didn't go with her pants. It was horrible. <laughs> I, I thought Naya was fine, but I just I, I didn't like what she did with her hair. Uh, look, sorry, I, they, sorry they, Nick, it was I, it was serviceable. We were here about I, wrestling. I, I don't think this is exciting content at all for a brand newly unveiled champ t- set of championships. Um, I, I it, I'm not interested. I, well, I here's know, what I don't was interesting. Anybody, I've not heard anybody say that they are interested and excited for this new tag team women's tag team division, mainly because of the people that are circling it. Well, do you know a whole lot of like? and preteen girls because that's who it's for and i looked at their the promo that bailey and sasha gave earlier in the show it was pure kitty stuff you know it's pure like self-empowerment kitty stuff which is fine that's that is an actually that is absolutely a demographic that they're going for and i think for that demographic this is absolutely fitting the bill anybody else notice that they've completely jumped the shark from the naya bullying angle from a year ago to (laughs) eight months ago now to uh nice the bully Naya is the bully, and uh, the commentary is not being quite as nice about her uh, her size or anything. But uh, the, what was the most interesting aspect of this whole segment of the show was the fact that after the match, Naya and Tamina got into it outside the ring, started beating up Bailey and Sasha, and Beth Phoenix, who was on commentary, got up in the face of Tamina and laid her out before being attacked by Naya Jax. They all tussled back into the ring. And Natalia comes running out of the back to save Beth Phoenix. She gets beaten down. Natalia and Beth Phoenix lay, left lying in the ring while Natalia, well, uh, excuse me, Tamina and Naya stare menacingly from the ramp. Is Beth Phoenix coming up off the sidelines to form a tag team with Natalia? I mean, are they bringing back the Divas of Doom? I'm just saying. Hello. I would not. I would not be. Uh, yeah, now, well, I, I'm a, I'm, I'm a little upset about it because what? Why? you got the Iconics waiting in the. Is this your oh, Legends? For crying out loud! Is this the is this your Legends thing that you're gonna have at since you can't have Undertaker anymore? You're gonna bring back Beth Phoenix and reunite the Divas of Doom for a, I hardly a title think match that at, those thoughts were in the same sentence in their minds. But I would say that if you're gonna have a nostalgia act of some sort, you can do worse than having Beth Phoenix and Natalia reform a, a, a team. And, and have a match. Dude, I've actually been wanting to see Beth Phoenix get back in there for a while, and I recall uh, that first Women's Royal Rumble, I think Beth came out and stared down Nia, and everyone in the crowd kind of went, ooh. Yeah. Dude, kinda she's like the jacked. First, she doesn't show like it first, in, her, in her wardrobe, but th- that chick can go. She's, she's not called she's the Glamazon because she's a waif, dude. She's, oh. <laughs> she is a beast. She was a beast back in the day. That's yep. why I'm psyched about this. I'm actually like, that's... Dude, I, that's cool. I could be down with that. Yes, give me that. Like the four hoss woman match. 
Come on, man. You like Haas matches. I do. I, I am not. Those words came out of your mouth, not mine. I am not going to dare say that about a woman. It's a, this is the woman's version of a Haas match. I have no compunction about saying that, and I don't think anyone's going to be mad at me for saying that. And if you are, please go to our Facebook discussion group and yell at me. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> we both picked Sasha and Billy to retain here. Not of a course. surprise that they did. Uh, but one thing we did not see coming was the next match, Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens ended up being a triple threat. It wasn't Kofi, though. It was Mustafa Ali who got inserted into this match. Daniel Bryan versus Kevin Owens versus Mustafa Ali for the WWE Championship. Nick, what did you think about this match? This is the one match of the night that... Okay, so I want to I want to have two opinions about this. One, all credit to the three guys. Worked a hell of a match. It was a it was exhilarating to watch. Two, this is the one match that really pissed me off for the night. Really? Really. What you, pissed you, you off? You complete because listen to how crowd how hot that crowd was for Kofi Kingston. Number 1, and it was so funny to see uh, the the closed captioning. Someone, uh, forgive me for not remembering who posted it, but someone in the group today posted a screenshot of the captions from the the pay per view, and they the captions said, "We want Ali." Oh, That's not what they no. were chanting. They were chanting, "We want Kofi." So wow. again, WWE's manipulation, right? Which so, is weird because here's the, no, no, hang, hang on, on let, let me finish the reason I was go. upset about it the real Ooh. reason root of it is that not only had you did you kind of bungle Kevin Owens' return by not including Kofi because nobody else gives a shit about anything but Kofi Kingston at this point in that match and frankly being honest and You've also now bungled arguably one of your hottest up-and-comers in Mustafa Ali, who has beaten nobody cared. They, they just All they cared about is the fact that Kofi Kingston was not in there, and they booed, and they chanted, we want Kofi, through the entire match. And, and yeah, about three-quarters of the way through the match, they got it back. They got the crowd back because they're just that damn good. So they, Do you know what? You, hit, you just hit on the point right there that I want to talk about. And that the rest of the show after this, to me, was just all kind of a downhill slide. This was one of the most fascinating moments to me in this entire pay-per-view, is they sent these three guys out to die. Yep. They knew when these guys came out, they were going to be absolutely crapped on. Because as you said, everybody wanted Kofi. But you know what? These three guys are so immensely talented that they went out there and worked, in my opinion, the best worked match on the card. It was this or the Fatal 4-Way. And the Fatal 4-Way had the audience behind it. These guys turned a crowd that was not into this match around into being invested in this match to the point where before, like they didn't even want to get invested in the match at the, top of the, at the, at the beginning of the match. They didn't want to get inv- invested. They didn't want to cheer or boo anything. They just wanted to take the reins and do their own thing and chant for Kofi. By the end, they were chanting no along with Daniel Bryan's kicks, you know, the no kicks now or whatever you want to call them. They were They're chanting the world along famous with those. it kicks, Ian. That's Miz. by the Miz. That's, oh, stop it, Corey. Um, here, though, the audience was, in, was back into the match by the end. 
They were invested in Mustafa Ali and his story. They were invested in Kevin Owens and him and and some of the crazy stuff he was doing, like doing a crazy outside dive onto Rowan and barely missing his head on the announce table, which was terrifying. They got back into this match. So credit to the performers for having the ability uh, to uh, to bring the audience back in and credit the WWE for trusting their performers to go out there and bring the audience back. Is this is this what you want? No, but we're we're serving two masters here. We're telling the story of Kofi not being this match while still giving you a match that you ultimately will invest in. And at the end of the day, Daniel Bryan comes out looking like an absolute monster because he was able to to finally, you know, he pinned Mustafa Ali clean after kicking the crap out of him. He kicked him out of the air. He running kneed him while Mustafa Ali was doing a backflip. Come on. Yep. That is absolutely evil. Daniel Bryan looks like an like a monster heel. Uh, Kevin Owens looked like a god out there, and Mustafa Ali looked like a contender. He looked like a guy who could be in the main event picture and hold his own. Everyone came out of this looking good, and at the same, and everyone in the audience was satisfied. The crowd didn't t- turn on the rest of the show. You know what I mean? Like they they pulled it off. They did, in my opinion. It was fascinating. That's why I've I never have two opinions about it like that because I, I want to credit WWE and the workers for for pulling off what they did, right? That that was absolutely phenomenal to see that happen. But it was so funny to see the other side of it as well because in in the view in the minds of the fans it's so one-tracked that they all they could care about was the fact that Kofi Kingston wasn't in that match. And I think it was you said it's the dish of milk that you slide out and say when you're hungry enough you'll eat it. Even though you that's, don't like milk. That's exactly. Bingo. Yeah. It's like, hey, I know you don't want this now, but at some point, you're going to like this. And, and eventually, I'm going to get you hooked on milk, and yeah. you're going to want more milk, and then we're going to give it to you. But then ultimately, ultimately, yeah, we're going to pay this off in the end. Yeah. So everyone who was bitching about Kofi not being this match, we're going to get paid off eventually. This match, but when we still going to look back at this match and go, that was a great match too. Even though the dirty hippies won clean, we still like the match. By the way, it is interesting to note now that Kevin Owens is officially his new his the stunner is his new finish. Excuse me, I call it the stunner. It should be called the Steiner, shouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's a pretty damn good Stone Cold the, Stunner. The, the Steiner, the Kevin Steiner. Oh come on, okay. You get it? PWG, yeah, yeah. PWG, hey. PWG. Uh, Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor. Uh, yeah. But no, so he, that's his new finisher. It's uh, what was it? He had Daniel Bryan kick out. Was it Mustafa Lee or Daniel Bryan who kicked out, straight up just kicked out of the pop-up powerbomb? Uh, I think it was Ali. Clean, clean kicked out of it. Yep. He gave Ali an apron powerbomb, which used to be a career ender. Like, that put oh, that, Sammy that Zane. was his thing K-fabe, with Sammy Zayn in the K-fabe NXT. put Sammy out for six months or whatever it was. Yeah. You know, and now it's like, it's like a mid-match. Like, it's a super finisher, but it doesn't really finish you like, you know. So, but the stunner is now his finisher officially. Okay, I honestly thought cool. we might actually see uh, Sami Zayn run in here. That's another thing I wanted to throw in real quick. I'm uh, I'm kind of surprised we didn't, and I'm wondering if they're saving that for Mania. I'm wondering if they do that as a way to get Kevin Owens out of this title picture. Yeah, as a foil. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Or, one because- or, and this is the other thing that I've been expecting. Um, you know, we're talking about the U.S. title being the ladder match. I've been saying this would be another great feud to have a ladder match in especially with Kofi. You get Kofi back in this. You've got Daniel Bryan, Mustafa Ali, Kevin Owens, um, Kofi Kingston. I, what, did I say them already? you got all these guys that are currently circling this right here. 
and then you add in Sami Zayn in a ladder match at WrestleMania for the WWE title. <laughs> Sold. Sold. For the, for the WWE champ, I, I could get behind this for the Intercontinental or the even the tag belts uh, or the U.S. title, but for the WWE championship, there's something that feels off about doing throwing that many guys in a ladder match into the ring. Uh, is something I'm starting to come around to the fact that titles are semi irrelevant in WWE. Yeah. It actually has nothing to do with what the title is. It's who's holding it, and it's just the fact that. If that person's holding a, a title, it makes that person the important person, you know, whatever title it is. Suddenly, that person has some sort of cachet, whether it's the mid card, upper card, you know, that person now has the cachet. For example, there's a rumor that Roman might be going for the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania. And I'll tell you right now, I don't want to see Roman with the Intercontinental title. I don't either. He is, he is too big of a figure to hold the, like, it, it's irrelevant to him. It doesn't matter. Um, it would be, in my opinion, uh, uh, a downgrade for him and it would be too big. For, it would make the intercontinental belt irrelevant if he wore it. Um, whereas having all of these guys fighting over the WWE title, it makes the, it makes what they're fighting for focused, but it doesn't necessarily, you know, it gives it a certain tier, but it doesn't, I don't feel necessarily mean that, well, you can't have a ladder match because it's a WWE championship. I don't right. feel it's that precious. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, okay. And maybe maybe it's just because they've defined their titles down for me. But to me, it's they've become more just objects in a story. And the idea of them as being actual championships that represent something, to me, has kind of gone out the window. The Intercontinental belt doesn't get you know, defended in a way that reflects it. That is an intercontinental title that, you know, you can have people that are under a weight class going for the heavyweight title. It doesn't, it's irrelevant. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just a name. So I agree. You know, I hadn't thought about it that way. And it's interesting that you, you, you position it that way because that, that makes all kinds of sense. I, I agree with you there. I can't argue with that. It's, it's a MacGuffin. Yeah. Anyway, uh, finally Rowan shirt watch. Elvati metal. <laughs> Elvati, really, dude? He's going obscure. Yeah, I actually he's going obscure to them. I'll, with this folk metal. Uh, I'll, I'll post them in the uh, in the group. I'll post the Spotify they're good. Uh, band I mean, they're page. Good, they're actually really good. I listened to them for about half a day, half the day today while I was working. But it's, it's actually funny. I actually saw them do a show with Corpaclani, which is another folk metal band that he's worn a shirt for. Um, so it, yeah, he's, he's definitely got a very specific genre of metal he likes or that he wears shirts for just, I don't know. Vikings Noting. and folk metal Vikings and folk. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so Nick, let's land this plane. We got two more matches to talk about. The first one is Becky Lynch versus Charlotte for Becky's WrestleMania match with Ronda Rousey. You know, the match we've already seen because it was the last few minutes of the Royal rumble, but, uh, here we had it again. And, as so wait, expected. Becky had to fight for her chance to get into the WrestleMania WrestleMania main event, even though she already won the Royal Rumble. I just want to clarify yes. that she lost her chance when Vince suspended her, and when she got unsuspended, she was not given her chance back. So the Royal Rumble apparently was invalidated by her suspension. Okay, so she had to, which they never really explained properly. By the way, right. this is part of the problem with the storytelling they're doing on this whole angle is they're not clearly saying what the rules and regulations are surrounding Becky Lynch. Well, and, it's probably because the they're making story. them up as they go. <laughs> but you, but here's the thing. You know why William Regal is so legendary for his like kayfabe rants? 
is because he can make anything sound logical in kayfabe. Like I was going to say, why, because of his verbose explanations. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But you can, but you can do that. It's a story. It's a. It's all made up. Make up something. Connect the logical dots for it for for us, and we'll buy in. You know what I mean? Say, well, due to your suspension, Becky, your your Royal Rumble win has been invalidated. We've had to renew your contract, so as a result, you'll have to requalify for the match at WrestleMania. Boom, done. But no, see how hard that was. Was that hard? (laughs) No, it wasn't hard. But here we go. Anyway, we're back to this match. Sure enough, Charlotte uh, targets the leg the entire time. If the crowd wanted to chant, "This is boring," this is the match they should have done it at. Frankly, and they were a little bit. This was, by the way, Cleveland. Cleveland was a fantastic crowd, a fantastic crowd all night long. But they definitely did not bite on this match, and neither did I, yeah. because at this point, as, as you and I have both ranted about on this show, Nick, this 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 angle has gotten way too complicated, and frankly, they've they've tried to throw too many moving parts into it. And they telegraphed the shit out of this one, you know. It's, well, and that's the problem is they they booked themselves into a corner. Yep, you've got so many moving parts, and then in order to make the pieces fall together in a certain way, only one thing can happen. And the problem is, is there was only two possibilities to the outcome here. Becky Lynch pins Charlotte clean through skullduggery and overcoming her injuries, her horrible injuries that I'm sick of her having. Or Ronda Rousey comes out and interferes in the match because she's made it clear she wants to face Becky at WrestleMania. And the only way she can do that now is to guarantee a Becky win, which is what happened. Becky was fighting bravely back. uh, Charlotte ended up getting her in the figure four. Ronda comes out, punches Becky in the face thereby disqualifying Charlotte and uh, Becky is automatically in WrestleMania. And now, now there we go. We, we finally have the triple threat. Yay. But did we really need to go through all of this? Nope. Yeah, the, you, we had this. The only thing that has been redefined since the end of the Royal Rumble is Charlotte has been added and Ronda is a heel. That's it. And the fact that Ronda now Ronda uh, has been defined to have wanted to face Becky, not Becky wanting to face Ronda. I don't understand why that had to be a plot point. I don't understand why it had to be so difficult to get Charlotte in here. And I don't understand why we had to keep waffling back and forth about whether or not Becky was in this match. Yeah. We could go on and on endlessly about this. We could. We've, hey, we've been I don't over like this that all times. three of them are in the match here. I, it. it I, I, I'm going to repeat again. It should have been Charlotte Oscar 2.0. It uh, should have been Becky and Ronda. That's what we had going at Survivor Series. That was the hottest thing I've seen in wrestling, maybe since AJ Styles walked out at Royal Rumble three years ago. Yeah, but you and I, you and I have been over this, and I've, I've stated my case for why I think it's a good idea to have Charlotte yeah. in it. And you know, you, I, and you, I don't completely disagree that it's a bad idea. That it's a good idea to, uh, to have Charlotte in there. Yeah. I'm just, I'm worried about what it does. It leaves Oscar hanging with nothing to do, really. That's that why I the, wanted Charlotte the big over there. Problem is what the heck happens with Oscar now? Yeah. Um. So yeah, we both called Becky to win here. As we said, it was telegraphed. I don't know if I said this earlier, but I did pick up the win on the Daniel Bryan Kevin Owens one. You said Kevin Owens was picking up the win there. I said Daniel Bryan was retaining. So uh, yeah, at this point, I am up by one, my friend. I'm up by one. So and there's one at, match left. So also at this point, I want to I want to state something. Uh, I ex- I halfway thought that we were going to see that. I was expecting, like I was laid back on the couch, just letting this go through its motions. Yeah, here comes Ronda. Can she please never run again? By the way, um, and I was expecting to see the trademark come up because I completely forgot that this match was even on the card. 
Well, not even that match. We had another segment in between this and the, the last match of the card. Elias was doing these quick segments throughout the whole show where he was hilariously destroying Cleveland, but then suddenly get, like getting cut off. Like he just would, he would be in the middle of doing it and the lights would just come back down. And then finally we had an Elias segment where he finished the song, was interrupted by Lacey Evans, who did her catwalk thing. And then all of a sudden, Randy Orton, while, while Elias was staring at Lacey Evans, Randy Orton RKO's him out of nowhere. And all of a sudden, AJ Styles comes in and phenomenal forearms Randy out of nowhere. So that was a, uh, that was a thing. It was like a weird, we had a, like interjected segments where Elias would talk about the show, which was, I- I'm He's sorry, become was, the host of the show now? Yeah, it was kind of like that. It was like, um, uh, it, you know what it was? It was like a something about Mary. Where every once in a while you have the musical act come in and like tell the story or like sing a song, you know it was weird. I like it was weird. I wasn't totally mad at it because he was hilarious. Yes, he he finally got the LeBron dig in here. He saved the best one for last, and that place lost his mind. It was so good. A couple of them. He had a couple of really good. They're always sports digs, and it always works, and it always cracks me up. But anyway, Pittsburgh, nice Steelers rivalry reference. Just really good. Yeah. in his all of his things but uh like i even looked at esther and said why is elias back out here it wasn't that right oh my why? god we still have another match to go well I, right and why is he keep getting cut off well yeah elias comes out we have some business with aj and randy setting up their feud which i'm very curious about how they're going to make me excited for uh but then yeah we had another match and it's funny because we've been saying how everything has been swerves and crazy decisions on the show and this was just a straightforward it's the Shield versus McIntyre, Lashley, and Corbin. No swerves, no surprises. The Shield comes out, runs down every one of their greatest hits, and beats them like beats the utter crap out of the three of these guys at the end of this match. It's back and forth for a little bit, some near falls, but at the end, you know, uh, Lashley gets curb stomped into a table. McIntyre gets. Uh, the Cerberus powerbomb through a table, and then Corbin eats a big powerbomb in the middle of the ring, gets pinned, one, two, three, shield stands tall, bump fists, end of the show. Why Why was this show, why was this match at the end of the show, why not drag us out all the way to the end to keep the suspense going and to keep everybody engaged on the WWE Championship triple threat where everybody thinks Kofi's going to get inserted into the match because of the beatdown earlier. Why because not what keep we us said on earlier, the Nick, hook? You why? can't have a match at the end of the show where the audience is going to come out and you know they're going to be chanting for Kofi and booing and then ultimately not get him. I actually completely agree with their decision to put it where they put it because if you had the end of the show and Kofi didn't come out, people would leave pissed. Whereas here, they end with the shield fist bumping. It's a happy moment. They go away happy. I absolutely agree with their decision here. Even though I thought this was, you know, if you unless you're super excited about Shield nostalgia, it's a little. It was kind of a, you know, I'm not gonna say it's a boring match because it wasn't. It was very exciting and it, it was high impact. There was some crazy spots. Seth jumping off of the balcony onto uh, Lashley and McIntyre while they were trying to to beat up Dean Ambrose. They're holding up Dean Ambrose. Um, there was a lot of uh, good stuff in this match, but at the same time, it was also. Looking back at it, it was just kind of there. It was just a way to kind of give some love to the Shield. If they'd had Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan and Mustafa Ali at the end, the audience would have shit on it even more than they did. I don't know, because the audience came around at the end of that match. They, they, did, they got used to the idea that Kofi wasn't going to come out. Right. Vince wasn't going to come out and change the match in the middle of it. And I, I think that they, they delivered a hell of a match. 
They did, but I don't know if they would have been able to do that if it was the last match on the show. And because they would have kept the everybody on the hook for so long? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, and also because people would have realized at a certain point that Kofi's not coming out, and when they realize that and the, sh- and the show's over, it would have been a harsher realization, whereas yeah. where it was on the show, oh, well, Kofi's not coming out. Oh, well, we still have that Shield reunion coming up, and there's more to anticipate. So let's just enjoy this match because there's more coming. Do you know what I mean? Sure. It's a, it's, a, it's a subtle psychological booking decision that I actually admire them for doing it, even though I don't like the idea of the WWE Championship not going on last. Again... It's just a tchotchke at this point. I just, it's, just, it is, oh. it's, it's a focal point in that feud. It doesn't have the importance that... It, this is sports entertainment. It's not a sporting event. They're not trying to give you the simulation of a sporting event, which is what like New Japan or Ring of Honor does, where they actually make it about titles and belts the champion has, and it's built like a sporting event. The lower card, the lower titles, build up to the bigger titles at the end of the show. That's not what WWE is, so we can't expect that. I'm just waiting for Elias to turn into Waylon Jennings and just, boy, them, them Duke boys have gotten themselves into a pickle. Now there ain't no way they're getting out of this one. And uh, just, you know, and just how do they keep doing this and keep us engaged? And just, you know, they finish a show with, yay, and a little flag wave and go shield. And I'm the biggest shield mark on the planet. I love the shield, but this was just vanilla AF. Like this is it how you're gonna wrap the, up the paper. Vanilla before? is a very good way of putting it, Nick. That's a very good way of putting it. It was very vanilla. And I um, like vanilla ice cream, but you know, the the pay-per-view right before <laughs> WrestleMania, oh I want God. the fa- put it into fifth gear, dude. We gotta go. Yeah. And I just didn't feel like this show I I I, I turned the show off and said goodnight to everybody in the chat going, eh. Yeah, I, I have to say though, um, real quick, quick, quick thing here. I don't think Elias is, is a Waylon Jennings. He's much more of a Hank Williams Jr. <laughs> Just to clarify. Uh, it was a Dukes of Hazard reference. It wasn't, I, it wasn't I understand but, but that. Waylon versus Hank. They both sang that song. Uh, Just saying. If you want to get technical here. Sure. Don't you come at me about my country. My country, my metal. I'll, I'll break you. Um, yeah, so it's very vanilla. Here's, let's, let's get to the real big question. Is Dean leaving? Because I don't know about you. I cannot recall... Anytime that someone's left WWE, that WWE has been this open about them leaving and made it part of the storyline. I think we're all getting worked. I think we're getting worked. <laughs> I think we've all been getting worked and if, this whole time, and I, I think that's who's, who Roman's going to... I think we're going to see a, a, a Dean turn at some point, or... Well, we thought it was going to be the end of this show, and the fact that so it didn't did happen I. here is strange. It doesn't... It doesn't Nothing was clarified. We thought we, we were going to get more clarity about the WrestleMania picture after the show. And in some things, we did. In some things, with the Shield, with the Shield boys, we got no idea. Are we going to get a Roman, Seth, Brock triple threat? Are we going to, is, is Roman going to fa- uh, face someone for the, the Intercontinental belt? Because we know we got Finn and Lashley uh, for the IC belt tonight on Raw. So does Lashley get the belt back and then Roman faces Lashley? What happens to Dean? You know what I mean? All of that is still very up in the air. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think we've all been getting worked. I think we might see Roman Dean at WrestleMania. How they get there, I haven't figured out yet. It'll be interesting to see what happens tonight on Raw, uh, if anything. But who knows at this point? Well, by the time most people listen to this show, they'll know. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> but uh, that being said, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, what did you think about the pay-per-view as a whole? 
You know, I, I'm always very critical of it in the moment, but looking back on it with, you know, with clear eyes, right? And, and seeing what was going on and what the idea was, I was very entertained. Of course, there's my wrestling moments where I wanted, I didn't get the things I wanted, so I wanted I'm going to be mad at it. And I didn't want to be that guy. I wanted it my way. <laughs> Hashtag my wrestling. I didn't want to be that guy on the internet going, burr, 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 this is just, this is crap because they're not doing what I want. So WWE sucks. It's not the uh, pick I made. So burr, burr, burr. Uh, I wanted all in Mandy all, to win. Sans the, uh, whatever the hell is going on with Mandy and so- and Oscar, uh, Sonya back. Jesus Christ. Come on. Land the plane, Nick. Whatever's going on with Mandy and Sonya Deville. I, I, that was kind of a, eh. And then yeah. the the women's tag match was kind of a an eh, and the Becky Lynch Charlotte thing was telegraphed, but it was you know still enjoyable because we want to see this thing finish, uh, this grand storyline of of the rise of Becky Lynch. Sure, I don't if know I'm, if I would if, call the storyline grand anymore. If, if I'm looking <laughs> at the card in in its entirety, it was a pretty fantastic B plus pay per view. I'd give it a solid B. I'd give it a solid B just because of the chaos, but just again. Some of these matches were so well worked. I, I could not go lower than a B. And I've heard some people were more disappointed in it than that. Um, and, I, you know, I have to th- assume that's just because of storyline reasons. Because, again, you can't be mad at more than half of these matches being yeah. really well worked and some of them being fantastic. Like, again, even the Shield versus McIntyre, Lashley, and Corbin, the word you use, vanilla, is a fantastic word for it. But it was still a good, entertaining match. Like, yeah, it was all the Shield's greatest hits, but it was still, it was good, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, at any rate, yeah. And, and here's the other thing. For a fast lane, for a fast lane pay-per-view, for, that's a B-minus pay-per-view. That's one that usually, it's a, it's a throwaway. This one really delivered for the last pay-per-view before WrestleMania, which, is, which usually, frankly, are duds. Yep. So, f- on that metric... I was very, very pleased with how they pulled this show off. Well, we ended up, because of all the zany craziness and Nick being overthinking shit, we ended up in a tie. So You know, it's funny, Nick. You're looking right at the notes right now, and I haven't changed the notes since your revelation. Oh, that's right. Mandy. Oh, my God. You did win by so, one. So it is complicated. As you, as you said, the pickups are complicated. They're so complicated. You worked yourself, and you lost. You had it, Nick. You had it tied up. But you had to go and lose the last pay-per-view before WrestleMania. All right, so here's what I'm going to say. Because we did hit 20 patrons last night during the pay-per-view, I'm going to go ahead and grant you your one plus one additional piece of Nia Damn right, Tchotchke uh, to add before we get to WrestleMania. So you not only Damn get to right. do the centerpiece, but we need to do the uh, the first additional add-on to the Naya Shrine. I'm just going to say this right now. Like I, I very much will be enjoying finding Naya pictures for you to add to the Shrine, but everybody who's listening to the show right now, please, we have a Facebook discussion group. They allow pictures to be posted there. Submit your Naya Jax pictures for Nick Wall. Tasteful, please. please. Well, <clears throat> uh, yes, obviously, relatively tasteful. The man has to live in his house, but 
I also have to do video conferencing calls for work using the same rig. Keep that in mind for me, guys. I I do have right of veto if in case something is across anything that's posted in the Facebook discussion group is not is not going to automatically go on your wall, Nick. I want to see what people have. Like, do we have some good Nia pictures up there? Fun too, so it's not just me printing off a bunch of you know Nia pictures, buttons, stickers. I mean, that alone is fun to me. Yeah, printing out Nia pictures that's that's fun to me. Okay, sure, fine. Fine. So, Nick, we are done with Fastlane. We are on the final stretch to WrestleMania. We will be back later this week with our show, our regular show, talking about Monday Night Raw, Tuesday Night SmackDown, and the fallout from Fastlane. We also have the New Japan Cup has been going on all weekend. Woo. We're going to talk about the first round of that. Some insanity going on over there. That Ibushi well Naito as- match. Oh, my God. Oh, my Dear God. Dear God. <laughs> 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 we got to talk about NXT 205 Live. We'll be talking about all of that later in the week. Thank you guys for joining us today. And thank you for joining us in our discussion group uh, while we were uh, there at Fastlane. I'm sorry I couldn't join you guys. I'll be there for WrestleMania. I promise. Yes. But, uh, but yeah, so we have more surprises in store for you with that as well. So thank you guys again for joining us on the show. Uh, Nick, is there anywhere you'd like to send anybody, anything you'd like to say, any housekeeping before of course. we get on out of here. As always, guys, I can't not mention the Busted Wide Open Facebook uh, Facebook discussion group. It is the hub of our operation. It's where you can interact with us all the time, find threads for all of the WWE weekly shows every single week, uh, and uh, interact with other fans and listeners of the Busted Wide Open podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at BWO Podcast. Give us a follow over there. YouTube at YouTube.com slash C slash Busted Wide Open. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. And last but certainly not least, please head over to Patreon.com slash BWO. It's the way that we keep this show ad-free and the way that we continue to fund all of the operations of the Busted Wide Open podcast and fam. Yeah, you but keep I'm, talking about milk in the middle of this show, man. We're, I'm worried we're going to have to start doing milk ads in the middle of the show. Oh, God. Listen, Kurt Angle. I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God, would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.